Are you eating? I'm having nachos. <laughs> We're doing the intro now. Coming up on the Unusable Podcast. Devious dark patterns. Deceptive sales techniques. Xbox update rage. Buying Chinese pants. It was only once and I sent them to a friend. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to the... Oh, I'm not going to do that. That was good. Yeah, that was full of energy. I, I liked it. As I can't keep it. it up. And then you just for no apparent reason stop. I just you can't just keep up that level of energy. Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us. And we talk about great design that just works or moan about it when it doesn't. Always the latter. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Andy, what have you been up to? Job. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did I throw you there? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? My name is David Ball and I am a web developer and app developer. I am Andrew Waite and I am the product owner of a SaaS platform in Derby. Okay, in this episode we're going to talk about dark patterns on websites and interfaces. We should probably start by explaining what a dark pattern is. Okay. What do you think a dark pattern is? Okay, I think a dark pattern is an interface that is intending to mislead someone into making an action that is in the benefit to the company rather than the individual who's using it. It might prevent you from doing something that you might want to, or it might flat out trick you into something bad. Yeah, I've got this article that I I read. Okay, before you get into that, can I tell you about the Wikipedia definition? Yeah, go on. Which is, a definition of a dark pattern is a user interface that has been carefully crafted to trick users into doing things such as buying insurance with their purchase or signing up for recurring bills. That fits? I think so, yeah. I think the core of a dark pattern is making someone do something that they otherwise might not have done. If you're the business owner, the website owner, whatever, you're getting some advantage out of tricking someone almost. It's like a it's like a trick, isn't it? But wait, let's not get too carried away with that because a website does exist for some purpose. And so just encouraging someone to do something or helping them to make a purchase is not necessarily a dark pattern, only if it tricks you in some way. So think about an e-commerce site you're looking at a product that you're interested in and the, the button to buy might be big, chunky, eye-catching. But it's clear what's happening. Yeah. Even though it's the it's drawing the user's attention, they still understand that by pressing that button, they're going to buy. They're not really being tricked. So that it's an encouragement yeah, and it's, a, it's clarity. You're showing there's, there's a, this is what you do next, but it's not tricking anyone. Whereas a dark pattern might be to sneak something into your basket. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a dark pattern. There's, there's a, an article here which... I think has some reasons that you might want to use a dark pattern or you people might use a dark pattern so it's to make people spend money to make people spend more money to make people hand over more details than they otherwise would or to make people agree to a statement that they otherwise wouldn't so for example a, a, a cookie banner you okay, know you yeah. could um, use dark patterns there to try and make as many people as possible accept even if they if they intended not to accept for example have you got any real world examples there are so many real world examples so many we could talk about one of the ones I saw the other day was a GDPR banner so it popped up when I went to this website and it said do you agree to our use of cookies or whatever there was a big agree button and a small I can't remember it was like other options or something so I pressed it which I don't think is a dark pattern I think that's kind of calling the user's attention to the main CTA and you've got hang on you just said CTA you've got to explain what CTA is because some people might not know oh that's a good point uh, so a call to action so on a website having a big red button or a big 
colourful button that you want the user to press, the primary action usually, that's called a call to action. Am I I'm right? Yeah, you, I think you know. so, yeah. It, I would sort of say from the point of view of the user, though, it's what the user would press to get to the next step of right. something. So so typical example, you, you had one a second ago. So on a product page, the call to action would be add to basket. Yeah. Typically. And perhaps on a, a website about, for example, on our website about our products, if the user scrolls to the bottom, reads about our product and its features, but then at the bottom, there's a button to say request a demo. And that's mm-hmm. the call to action. That's what we want people to do. Once they've got to the end of the page, we want them to press the button, get in touch and hopefully yeah. have a demo and then yeah. buy it because it's amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, what was I? I can't remember what I was saying now. I, I said something about a CTA and you thought we should do a definition. Yeah, so you tell me about a CTA of something that you had an example oh, of. Oh yeah, so so there's this cookie banner and the, the big action was accept as usually these things say and the, there was other options was the was the alternative which in itself is slightly maybe it's a, a dark pattern that, that there's such an imbalance in the buttons there yeah i see what you mean one's really big and enticing yeah. there's the other just one's average. one's the big make this go away because because really as a user you might not want to share your details but in that moment you might be like i just want to access the article so you just hit the big button that makes it go away uh, i'm so torn about gdpr banners because normally i just want the banner to go away so that i can carry on reading the article yeah but anyway this isn't the dark pattern that i want to talk about it was actually when you click other options you you then get a different panel, a different modal over the page, which gave you the different areas of cookies. And it said, you know, fun- they always say things like functional cookies. They say advertising cookies. You know the different things that they yeah. have. And next week, one was a toggle on-off switch. And the problem was the states on the switch were so ambiguous as to which was on and which was off. So I wanted to opt out of all these cookies, but... Was it not on or off? No, it was like it switched between two states that made it look like it was on. I wish I'd have taken a screenshot of it now, actually. But both states looked to me as if they were opt-in. And so I was I just had to guess. It wasn't clear. Oh, that's annoying. So you think that they did that deliberately so that you made a mistake and gave them your details? I don't... To be honest, a lot... Some of the some patterns like that, it's never you're never sure whether there's a deliberate motive there or or not. They might have just not have thought about it. Might have rushed mm. the banner and not thought about it too hard. So yeah, they might not be evil. This is the thing. There's a difference between a dark pattern that's purposely there to trick you, or there might be one that's there maybe just as a an anti pattern. You know what I mean by anti pattern? I do. Yeah. I, this. Do you know what? You won't believe this, but I literally was just about to mention. Oh my god. <laughs> one mind. One I mind. know. I know. So I'm looking at an article right now, which is is anti-pattern versus dark pattern. What they say is that an anti-pattern just doesn't work, whereas a dark pattern works for the party that it's intended to benefit. So, so that's they, one difference. Are they saying an anti-pattern is a mistake or just bad Yeah, design? an anti-pattern probably doesn't work for anyone, whereas a dark pattern is intended to work for, you know, it's been contrived essentially to, to, to work for one person. So thinking about that product page where you had the add to basket button, an anti-pattern might be that the add to basket button is really hidden. It's not drawing attention to itself. It's more of an error than it is a... Yeah. It's not encouraging the user to click it and actually the user might not be able to find it and then not make the purchase yeah which is bad for everyone it's bad for the user who wants to buy the thing and it's bad for the website owner yeah who wants to sell the thing they then say that an anti-pattern is plain bad design whereas a dark pattern exploits human weakness okay an anti-pattern is usually poorly executed whereas a dark pattern is carefully crafted yeah 
I have an example, and I watched a video today about some examples of dark patterns, and one that was picked up was that this guy was saying that Amazon.com, okay, if you wanted to delete your account, it's very, very difficult to find. And he went through the steps of how to, to do that. It's not on your account page. You have to go to the help and then go through this long series of options that are not straightforward at all. And then eventually you get to a live chat and then you're able to delete your account. Now he was saying that that is a dark pattern because they're deliberately making it difficult for you to delete your account. Yeah. Whereas actually maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just that that option is not requested by too many people. And so they just haven't thought about putting it in a useful place in the in the interface. Uh, uh, no, I think as companies as big as Amazon have analysed a, a lot there and I think they're purposefully putting friction into the process. And I've I had something not quite the same, but similar with Amazon recently. So I had uh, an SD card that I'd ordered a few months ago from, from Amazon and it became faulty. Okay. So at least under British law, you can return something within a time period if it's not fit for purpose or it becomes faulty. Oh, right. It's not a customer yeah. affairs program. Get on with it. <laughs> So so I needed to return this and I was within my rights to return it. But if you go onto the Amazon website and go to your past orders and say, I want to return something, it'll say, okay, what do you want to return? And as soon as you select, I selected the SD card that I'd ordered not very long ago, certainly within the, the period that you yeah. should be able to return something in the UK if it's faulty. Yeah. It said this item is no long, longer eligible for return because it's past the 30 day return window and gave me a load of blurb about, about that. And there was no option in the interface to return it despite the fact I knew I was well within my rights to return it. Right. What they're referring to there is that in the UK we have the distant... Oh God, this is a consumer affairs programme, isn't it? In the, <laughs> in the UK we have the ability to return anything for any reason within a certain time period. So that's the time period they're quoting. Yeah. But if it's faulty, it's way longer than that. You get, you get like, I think it's pretty much indefinite. It's oh, whatever, right. you would, whatever the consumer would expect. It's like most people say about a year yeah. for most things. But anyway, I, I had to contact them. And of course, as soon as you contact them, you get amazing customer service because, you know, it's an American company and they you know recognize um customer service well it's just limited to america is it no 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 but american tech companies in particular i think are pretty pretty hot on a short-term loss to know that they're going to you're going to keep buying from them right okay so you were able to return it i was able to return it once i'd spoken to one of their agents but there was no option in the interface to do it that's what you mean well more than that there wasn't just not an option i went to returns I chose the item and it said, you are not eligible to return this item. That's not just, there's no option. That's, it's literally telling me something that's wrong. And how many people who have something that's faulty would just accept that and go, oh, oh, I can't return it anymore. You know, how many people does that deflect that would have otherwise returned something for a replacement or a refund? I think I probably would have just given up at that point. Exactly. And that's exactly what they wanted you to do. That's exactly what they want you to do. What I actually did was ended up contacting them and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't particularly difficult once I'd spoken to one of their people on a, a chat. But it did leave a bit a, a bit of taste in my mouth, especially because Amazon make so many other things so frictionless. So I know it's within their power to make that returns process super straightforward. The only reason that they would do it that way is to assume that a certain percentage of p- people are just like you would just give up and not go any further. I've got another story about Amazon. Have you ever tried to cancel <clears throat> Amazon Prime? Uh, oh my God. They make that difficult. I have, but I don't remember it being difficult. The button, if you do it on a mobile, yeah. the buttons that they use, you know, to get to the next step of the process, switch around. So they'll have... Oh, that is a dark pattern. So they'll have the, you know, the, the big chunky button, which you think is progress, whereas that might not always be what you're wanting it to be. I should have probably got some screenshots when yeah. I tried to do it. 
But yeah, they switch around. In fact, another example of that uh, was a game that I was playing a few days ago and it had big chunky green buttons for the play. You know, it had a start menu, big chunky green button for play, play level, finish level, continue is big chunky green button again. And it continues like this. You associate big chunky green button with go to the next step. Yeah. But then it got to one part of the game where it wanted you to buy some gems or coins or whatever in-game currency sort of stuff. And the button for buy the currency was big chunky green button. And the button to progress was a very small cross next to yeah. it. So they're obviously getting you... You to press the green button. But surely after you've pressed that green button, it's still going to pop up and say you're about to spend some money. It is, yeah. But a lot of people will sort of blindly get to that process. And then they might go, oh... Actually, maybe. I wonder what it, what impact that has on convert. It probably does convert better. Yeah, but maybe. I wanted to mention, I, so I was booking some flights recently and I booked a flight with an American airline and an American version, I think, of like Ryanair or EasyJet. It's a budget airline called Spirit. Okay. And in their booking process, I, as you do on when you're booking a flight, I chose where I was flying from and to on my dates and things like that. Then chose the flight that I wanted and it gave me a price at that point. It said, you know, this is going to be, I don't know, $100 for the flight I then added I thought I'd then added that to my basket went through the whole process added my details in and then all of a sudden it was charging me like three four hundred dollars and I was really confused because the price I'd seen at the front when I'd chosen the ticket was a hundred dollars and all of a sudden I've got to the checkout and it's three four hundred dollars I thought am I mistaken have I got something wrong here right so what would what had happened and I think what I'm going to do is actually just show you this because no no you've got to describe it for the audio podcast okay well I'm going to de- I am going to describe it right but I feel like I'd like you to see it. Okay, so I've done a search on Spirit's website for the flight, okay? Oh, you're going to Orlando? Uh, I am actually going to Orlando. All right, okay. So let's let's say, it it doesn't matter, we're just going to pick this first option here. This is $72.19 for this flight. Best price. It's the best price, okay? I assume that's out of the options flying on that day, that's the cheapest one. Yeah, so, okay, it looks like they're trying to make it cheaper for us. So I'm going to scroll to the bottom and click continue, okay? Okay. And so this is what threw me, all right, okay? And so just so you know, I'm obviously working the web, I'm used to these sorts of things I'm yeah. quite consumer savvy and this threw me and I had to go back to the start of the process and start again so at this point it gives you remember we just saw a price of 70 something dollars yeah um, it then gives you these options it says the thrills combo saves you up to 120 dollars and it gives you all these extras so as is normal with I mean you're pretty used to it in the UK with like Ryanair it'll say do you want the super speedy boarding extra package or whatever yeah okay and you can either take it or you don't okay but in this combo it, sorry in this particular case it says the thrills combo saves you 120 dollars and then it's got a blue continue button saying $9 fair club $68.99 or standard $86.99 hang on why is the standard a different price to the previous screen right so this is the, this is I didn't notice at the time because I think the price was closer to 80 something dollars for the original flight I think a lot of people would just press continue wouldn't they right so I, I looked at this and thought right $9 fair club I assume that means I've got to sign up for something so I don't want to do that so what I want is standard I'll pay a bit extra and go for standard because I'm not I'm not joining your club I'm never likely to fly spirit again fine I'm not going to join the club but what happens if you press that what happened is i went no i'll go for standard okay okay which is you're right is more than we originally saw yeah okay what that actually does is adds on 86.99 to the 70 dollars we saw before <gasps> what yeah and includes all these extras like booked seat carry-on bag checked bag um all these other stuff right if you don't want either of these options and none of these things you have to use this tiny text at the bottom that says no thanks i'll add on separately what that's yeah. tiny yeah but the but worse than 
than that, it makes it look like these are the two options that it it's does. making you pick from. Yeah. You either have $9 Fair Club or Standard. And of course, most people go, I just want Standard, right? But that doesn't mean... That's so sneaky. That doesn't mean Standard. It means the Standard Upgrade Package. Sneaky. So, so this, sneaky. this is so sneaky, like I said, that, it, that I fell foul to this of this. And I got all the way through to the end of it. I even put in my credit card details in. And then I was like, hold on a minute. This shouldn't be like $300 or something. Did it give you like an itemization that showed this standard additional thing that's added on? I don't remember. I don't think it did. Not in a very particularly obvious way. And, and I then actually went back to the start and thought, that can't have been right. I'm going to go through the process again. And only when I went through a second time did I realise I'd completely missed the tiny no thanks I'll add on separately. That is that is that is shocking dark pattern, isn't it? That's definitely there to deceive you. Yeah. Okay, there's another example of this and it was Ryanair and I don't know if this is a current thing. I saw this on a video today because I Are you on about the classic Ryanair travel insurance one? Yeah. I love that one. That's a cl- that is a classic. That's I don't I don't think you're right, I don't think they still do it. But it was highlighted in a talk that I saw at a conference and that's what made it stick in my mind. So you're doing the same thing. You're booking a flight on Ryanair's website. And so there was these these two fields where it asks for you your first name, last name, and the country that you're coming from. But actually there's some small print that says that this is gonna add travel insurance mm-hmm. if you select the country that you're traveling from. But what you actually have to do to opt out of that is to choose the option that says no thanks or I think it says... Don't insure me. I've got it in front of me now, yeah. Okay, but that's between... (laughs) Denmark and Finland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you have to scroll scroll through and find don't insure me. So many people, so many people used to filling in a form like that and choosing their own country. Yeah. You wouldn't think to look for... Especially because the the, the, the placeholder or the default option text in there is please select a country of residence. Yeah. So you read that and you just go, you know, and especially because they put all the major countries at the top as well. So like UK, you know, they're yeah. all at the top. So most people in the UK are just going to click on the box and go, oh yeah, UK. Yeah, of course, yeah. But of course you have to scroll right down the full list of... In fact, in fact, it's it's particularly obvious that it's deliberate when you see it on this. Is this the same picture that you're looking at? Because I know they revised it over the years, I think. I think they, they did various versions of it. The screenshot that I saw today had it between the countries Latvia and Lithuania, not even alphabetical. Wow. So you wouldn't even look that far down the alphabet how, for how something that starts it? no travel insurance. Clearly deliberate, clearly designed to trick people into buying something that they otherwise would not have done. I've got another example. So quite a few years ago, I was talking my dad through on the phone uh, how to download something. I can't remember what it was. Maybe maybe antivirus or something like that. And so I couldn't see what he was seeing and he was using this website. And I say, okay, go to this web address, press the download button. And he goes, okay, there's three download buttons. Which one is it? And now he was looking at the adverts banners and those yeah. advert banners said something, some something, download. And they had a, a button, you know, a big chunky button, but it was inside this advert and because that's really common on download sites or used to be I don't know if it's I've not seen it for a while actually but then I don't go to download sites often anymore probably but yeah like like CNET was always a classic one for that yeah CNET is it CNET downloads is that right I think so yeah yeah they'd they, they have like I mean you'd want to download like is it 7zip there was like a, a WinRAR something stupid like that yeah it would take you there and there'd be like the actual download button would be somewhere quite small actually and then above to the left to the right and below would be these horrible sort of banner ads which would say something about downloading something else and then a big flashing download button. Yeah, but the actual download button that you needed was a tiny little text link Mm -hmm. in the middle. Yeah. Sketchy dark patterns. 
do you think with all these dark patterns, do you think that do, do you think it's ever right to use a dark pattern? Okay, I'm torn about this because I am a web developer. I am tasked with making interfaces. Luckily, nobody has, I don't think, ever in my career come to me and said, make this dodgy thing that will trick people because I, I would say no and I would never do that. But obviously I am making functional websites for businesses. Yeah. You want you that, want it to be functional and work for the for the business, right? You want If it's designed to sell something online, you want them to sell that thing online. You want them to be successful. And, and, yeah. yeah, and if it's, a standard, if, it's, if it's a brochure website for a company, I want to make sure that that website is working for them and getting them conversions and when i say conversion i mean sales sales yeah. mm-hmm. i think it's that fine line that, that and, and, it, and it's not just on the web it's the fine line between between selling something that's useful to them and exploiting them it, it's like you know nobody nobody has a problem with you know tesco selling in a fair way to people whereas a, a sleazy double glazing salesman that talks his way into old people's house and then replaces their entire double glazing that they don't actually need replacing mm-hmm. is is kind of not okay i think it's the same thing thing in on the web really i think that any dark pattern that's tricking people is really not not okay Oh, we need to do a shout out to our new Twitter followers, by the way. Oh, can I can I say hello to each of them as you read them out? If you, if you want to. Okay. How do they say hello back? Uh, by tweeting us to, well, they know what. Hashtag hello. Yeah. Tweet us with hashtag hello. Maybe. Yeah, go on. Whatever. That doesn't make sense. Jane Kelly. Hello. James Dean. Hello. Hey. James Dean? Yeah, yeah. I know him. Wow. Not that one. Okay. Katie and Shock. Hello. That's Jake. I know that's Jake, yeah. Edward Finn. Hello. Ruthie Haas. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Oh. I know her writing club. Anyway. Bedeckian. Hello. He's an arcane druid. Okay. I don't know what that means. Matt Walls. Hello. Carl Smith. Hello. Laurie Yellow. Hello. Laurie Yarrow. Hello. That's Did that, that go well? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if this is really offensive, but that last name sounds like a tongue twister if you say it over and over again. Laurie Yarrow. Laurie Yellow. You're I can't do it. Try and say it more than twice. I couldn't even say it once, that's why I had to do it. Try again. And, try and repeat it. It goes wrong. Laurie Yarrow. She probably says it a lot. Laurie Yarrow, Laurie Yarrow, Laurie Yarrow, Laurie Yarrow, Laurie Yarrow, Laurie Yarrow. Okay, I can actually do it, but it's hard. It's like red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry. Tough, hard. Anyway, have we, we just offended one of our few Twitter followers? Just make a podcast really all sorry. about Laurie Yarrow. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Laurie. Hello, hello, anyway. Thanks for listening. Are you going to tell us about your new favourite website? Yeah. So I think in a way, is this did this not inspire the topic this week when we first started? Coming? Maybe. So I've recently become obsessed with an app. Some people may be familiar with, some maybe not, called Wish. Kind of high, like top of the app store. I see the adverts um, a lot. Well, I, I saw it for a long time. You know, if you just go and browse for different apps on the app on the Google Play Store. Yeah. Um, it, it's been like number in the top five for a while and I've always ignored it because it looks like some kind of spam thing I, I, I know it looks know. dodgy it looks so dodgy yeah I see it on Facebook or in Instagram and they'll have these adverts and for products because I probably should explain what it is it's a marketplace yeah it's, it's a, an app that you can buy things on okay so they highlight these products but the ones that they show are always really strange and I think it's because they're the sort of products where you need to know more you need to it's clickbait it is clickbait because there'll be some strange device and I'll be like what is that what can I possibly use that for and I want to click through to see the other pictures and to see the description to see what actually it is and why I need it I probably don't need it <laughs> it's just some tat 
but it looks interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's actually I've fallen foul of this, and the and the problem is when you actually get the app itself. So all you get in the app is what they say popular, right? Which basically is just an endless scroll of rubbish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, as soon as you start tapping on things, it then personalizes that list to things that it thinks you might like. So say you tap on a watch, for example, because yeah. you think that looks cool. Well, I first went on there and I looked at some socks that were meat socks. <laughs> Right, so if you really want your feet to look like meat, yeah. you can wear these socks. But now it keeps showing me socks and it even has notifications yeah. and sends me emails saying there's some more socks to buy. Yeah. They are relentless. Yeah, so going to what you said a second ago about seeing the advert and you were like, what, what is that? I need to know more. So I saw this really weird pair of pants when I first got the app. Underpants. Underpants, yeah. Not American pants, but British underpants. Unless you're from Lancashire. Well, what do Lancashire people say? Pants. For trousers? Some people. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so I tapped on these pants because it was like, it was just one of these things where you say, you kind of like squint and turn your head to the side and you're like, what, what is that? And, and I thought I must find out what it is. And I, and I can't even remember specifically what they were, but I had a I had a look and then I was like, mm, weird. And then went back. But then because I'd looked at this pants. a very long way of saying you were looking at some erotic men's <laughs> pants. <laughs> well, the problem is because I Just looked... admit it. <laughs> Because I tapped on one pair of pants that were <laughs> quite dubious. Were they see-through? I can't remember. It they advertised might, they might have some had, see-through men's pants to me the other day. They might have a bit of a pouch. And I don't know but why I need is, them. Because I tapped on what on it once, it then kept going, oh, he likes pants. I'm going to show him just more pants. And so, so my feed for ages was just full of these pairs of weird and wonderful I'm not j- there, there was some really weird sort of pouch pants oh you've you've shown me zippy, yeah zippy pants and very tight men, very revealing men's lacy pants like a sort of sock for your bits bits yeah wow yeah but the the reason I'm bringing this up now anyway is that I think anyway we can maybe discuss this that <laughs> um, th- this app does employ a lot of dark patterns to make you buy I okay I agree with you, but I think that because you're willingly falling for all of these, <laughs> it's less of a dark pattern, more of just a little bit of a friendly nudge. So, or it's clever marketing. Let me go on a on a particular product. So I'm looking at a watch right now. Okay. And at the bottom in orange, there is a buy button. Okay. And I have no problem with that. That's a prominent call to action. If I'd expect that. You Fine. know, I choose whether to press it or not. But then if I go slightly further down in, in there, there is this thing that says buy with other shoppers. So buy with other shoppers to get the lowest price. These people are waiting to purchase the item with you. So it's like a group buy. So if two people buy the item, they each get 10% off. It was group buying underpants. I'm looking, not looking at underpants, I'm looking at a watch. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. Anyway, it says buy with Carly. Do you know Carly? No. What? It's, it's someone else who wants to buy this item and has said, I'll buy it with 10% off if someone else buys it with me at 10% off. Right? Oh, is this because it's shipped from China? I think it's just to get people to buy stuff. I think it, I, don't, I don't think it has any bearing really on the... How have they turned shopping price? into a multiplayer game? I don't know. But the, the thing that I object to anyway is the timer that's next to it. Oh, putting a bit of pressure on. So it's a completely arbitrary one, hour, one and a half hour deadline to buy this item with Carly. And if I don't buy it within that one and a half hour deadline, then I don't get to buy it at, seven, oh, right. at £17 and 10 I have to pay 9 I was going to say this earlier. Booking.com uses this quite a lot. They will make it look like there's limited availability on things. And maybe there is. But if you don't buy now, you might miss out. I've noticed that before. They have like little pop-up banners that say, someone just booked this. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good at that. Um, Yeah, it makes you think, oh, I really need to book it now. Otherwise, I'll lose my spot. Yeah. So I've clicked add to my basket. And now it's got a different timer. So originally I had one and a half hours to buy with Carly. 
Okay. And I've clicked buy. I've chosen the colour of watch strap that I want. And now it says, hurry, check out soon to lock in this price. And I, it's counting down from 45 minutes. So a minute ago I had an hour and a half and now I've only got 45 minutes. For, for what? For the discount? Yes. Oh, okay. So I don't know where my the other 45 minutes that I've got has gone. Right. It, it, it seems to me like it's complete and utter rubbish. It just made it up. It then says, pops up, quite jokingly and says congratulations you've saved 450 pounds hey what because because they they have this clearly ludicrous like original price that it's been discounted from so the price at the bottom says 469 pounds strike through 19 pounds <laughs> so 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 <laughs> Whoa! So what they're trying to claim is that this really cheap tat watch from that's going to get shipped directly from China is was originally worth four hundred and sixty nine pounds, which is just ludicrous. That's yeah. Wow. So then I go to the ch- to the actual shopping cart, and the this is really subtle. I actually quite like this. The checkout page has a at the bottom a slide to pay. So, what do you mean? So rather than a press to pay, you have to like swipe your finger across it. Why? Just to confirm the purchase. Like in a, like you just oh like unlocking an iPhone. Yeah, in in a way actually, a slide is a less is not um is less can't be as easily be done accidentally like a button press. So in a way, that's kind of a good thing for the user. Okay. But I quite like the fact that they like just have this little nudge nudge like that like oh it's just, bouncing. It's got it's a little, bouncing to a draw little, attention to a it. A little animation so that you you kind of want to press it it looks eager to go or that's just quite useful to know that you slide it rather than press it because no, some think, people might just be pressing it I think that's it. fine I think, I, think, I think that's okay I think I'm, I'm okay with that but the animation does make it very clear yes it does anyway sometimes what happens I'm going to see if it happens this time it doesn't always happen if you look at the shopping cart with an item in it and then say go back yeah. which, which I've done before because I, you know, I want to add something else to the shopping cart yeah. but it will say check out now for an extra 5% and this deal is only a bit now. Let me see if it does does that now. Oh, it does. It's not done it this time. But sometimes it will say, "If you buy now, we'll give you an extra five percent off, but only right now." Oh, again, to, just, to, just nudging to, you, just to get you to buy it. Yeah. But is that a dark pattern? They're giving you something good. They're giving you a discount, a five percent discount. That's great. So I don't think that's a deceiving dark pattern. I don't know. It, it maybe maybe isn't a dark pattern, but it's definitely sleazy. It's encouragement because enticement. It reminds me of. There's been a few situations in the past where either I've had work done on my house or my parents have had work done on their house and you know you get someone coming into your house to like show you something like I don't know a double glazing or a kitchen or whatever and they'll they'll run you through it yeah and more than once there's a sales tactic they use and they say oh this is the price and it'll be like I don't know some quite high amount right yeah but I've just they'll use some kind of rubbish narrative like I've just spoken to my manager and there's a there's a slot come up in the factory for tomorrow yeah but it's but well for next week but we really need to get it confirmed but because it's a last minute slot we'll offer you a discount of like 30% if you if you agree today but the slot what if you don't agree today the slot's going to be gone and then it's going to be yeah. full price okay it's, it's the same thing isn't it it's like that and it's fairly obvious to me at least that that sales technique is not genuine in the situations where I've seen it deployed on double glazing, I do not believe for one minute that they basically added a bit onto the price to start with. Then they've gone, if you will agree now, we'll take 30% off. But really, that was the price that it was going to be in the first place anyway. They've just added this imperative to make you sign when you might otherwise not have signed. It's to add that pressure. So obviously you disagree with this deception and you've not bought anything from Wish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? It's not true, no. It's so addictive. It's like a cross between Facebook, eBay, and Poundland. (laughs) Okay? 
So it's got it's got it's a marketplace like eBay. So you're buying from yeah. other sellers, and I think they're all in China. So all the stuff ships directly. From China. It takes months to arrive, by the way. Anything oh, you right. buy takes months. It's like Poundland in the sense that it's mostly cheap. Sorry, I'm, I, I shouldn't be so nasty to Poundland, really, but but it's mostly kind of low price rubbish. Poundland really. items are literally a pound. That's it is cheap. I don't think you can offend yeah. them by saying it's. A I pound. don't know. I'm I'm kind of implying that it's poor quality, which I'm sure some Poundlands not you know a lot of Poundlands. Oh, I guess Poundland. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, but it but but you know what. Yeah, I'm trying to describe that category of product that's like low price. You yeah. don't expect too much. It's just a plas- piece of plastic rubbish. Right? Yeah. But the way in which it's like Facebook is that all of the the pages are like this endless scroll, and they get you lost in it, and you get lost in it, and it's almost like gamified to make you keep coming back. It's very tricky, I think, is, is how I describe it. Tell me about the Wheel of Fortune. Oh right, so every day it pops up a notification and says, uh, "Well, um, today blitz by, you've got another chance." So every day it pops up and says, "You're only allowed to do it once a day." Right. Like, I've, I've already done it today, of course. I can't do it again. And what you get is this kind of like Wheel of Fortune spin. What? Yeah, and it spins around, and then all. It it's deciding is how many items it's going to show you at a special discounted price. But I assume this isn't random. I assume they are completely in control of what offers they're giving to you. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then what it will do is it will pop up and say, say you've got... The, the, the spinner is literally only to decide how many things they're going to show you. Oh, okay. And it does seem random. It, it does just randomly pick, you know, I'm going to show you 100 things, 10 things, 20 things, 50 things, 75 things. And then what it does is it shows you that number of things. And again, it's obviously decided based upon what you've looked at before and bought before, what those things are going to be. And it just really takes 10% off. But again, it adds a time imperative as well, though. It, it says, you must add these things to your basket in 10 minutes. It gives oh, you this okay. like 10 minute countdown. All these countdowns that I've talked about, it's literally ticks down really obviously. It's going like, you know, 59 seconds, 58 seconds. It's it really obviously ticking down. Yeah. It puts it on the screen. It puts that clock on the screen to add the, uh, the imperative. Does it have dramatic music while it does it it doesn't have dramatic music no i mean the 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 thing is as well that that's weird is you can always get a discount coupon does that mean the price is marked up most of the time i think so yeah if if you can basically always find a discount coupon and take the price down then the original price was never yeah, the actual selling price if you're always giving a discount then it's a bit like the, what i said about the double glazing if there's always the discount then what you've actually done is taken the price you were willing to sell it for inflated it to make it seem <laughs> and that inflated it so you can later discount it to see it make it seem a better deal and that's dodgy well it's actually illegal in in the uk you you know shops have to have things at full price for a certain amount of time before that you can't just immediately put something on your shelves and say half price you're not allowed to do that yeah that's against the law in the uk and, and, and places have actually fallen foul of that you've been fined i suppose yeah but i think that leads to weird sketchy things though like they'll literally have one shop stock it for a few months they know they're going to want to run a sale in summer sale in june they'll have like in from february to i don't know whatever the month before june is may from february to may they they'll have it in one shop at, at full price but don't expect to sell any because they know it's a super inflated price just so in the June sale they can say half price but really that's just the price they were going to sell it for anyway dodgy yeah okay can we tell people that we've got some bonus videos on our YouTube channel that they can look at There's... we can we could, we could do, could we do it in a dark pattern way You've only got 20 days to see these YouTube videos and they've already been added to your basket. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go to the YouTube channel now. Right now. Has to be now. Okay, back to dark patterns. So you know that I said sometimes when you add something to your basket and then try and leave, it says 5% off if you buy now. Right. Well, are you distracted? I'm looking at Wish. Uh. (laughs) 
I want some meat socks. <laughs> the the, uh, the other thing that it sometimes does is when you go to the checkout page, it will say, check out now and we'll give you 20% off. Or, sorry, it looks like it says we'll give you 20% off your next order. But it actually says up to 20% off your next order. Okay. Up to. Well, anything could be up to. Exactly. So what happens is you, I've done this before. I've gone, oh, okay. Well, if I check out now, I was planning on buying something else later. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check out and I'll get 20% off that next thing that I know I want. So that's great. I'll yeah. do that. And then it comes through and says, congratulations. You've unlocked 5% off your next order. You've unlocked. You've leveled yeah. up. Yeah. This really is a game. It is. It's totally gamified. Yeah. I've just looked on my phone and it's giving me a daily login bonus. Yeah. I've you get that in, as well. Yeah. I've logged in two yeah. days in a row and I got a bonus. Yeah. I've seen this in games. I honestly, I've seen this in games. I've never seen it yeah. on a shopping app. Yeah. It's bizarre. It is game logic applied to cheap rubbish shipped directly from China. If I log in eight days in a row, I get up to 50% off. Yeah. Up to 50%. Up to. That could yeah. be 1% off. Yeah. It, no, it'll be 10% off. The most they ever give you is 10% off. Oh. I've never had any more. I've been using this app for a couple of months now and never more than 10%. It's showing me really weird stuff. <laughs> I've got dinosaur watches. I've got underpants as well. Yeah. Some sort of bum bag, or Americans would call it fanny pack, that looks like a belly. Oh, I saw those. Yeah, that's could... awful. Yeah, yeah. Why would you want that? Yeah. Oh, there's the underpants that really snug your, bits. that really grip your bits. Okay. Are they the ones that are like a sock? Is that I don't want to look at it for okay. too long, to be honest. <laughs> Candles that go in your ear. Who needs those? <laughs> Who needs an ear candle? A Christmas jumper that's got Donald Trump on it. Nobody needs that. Ooh, there's a robot vacuum cleaner that was £140, now is £16. That's going to be total rubbish. Yeah. You can buy 100 maggots for a pound. Okay. <laughs> oh, also something that's called Sex Perfume. Lovely. This is a dodgy website. It's oh, and also if you really sketch. want, for £15, you can buy some leggings with Nicolas Cage's face all over them. <gasps> That's Christmas sorted. <laughs> also, commemorative coins of a dog doing a poo. I turned on a hotel TV when I was travelling a short while ago. Yeah. And the TV had a progress bar and spent about a minute to turn on. I've and never... It had a progress bar? What's yeah. it doing? I don't know. I've never turned on a TV before and been greeted by a progress bar. I assume because it's a hotel TV, it was like loading their special channel management system thing yeah. that tells you about the restaurant and all that kind of nonsense. Does it do that every single time? I don't know, maybe Can't each time it? someone stays, I don't know. Exactly. Let's say it together. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Bad, Bad usability, usability nightmares. nightmares! 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 That was terrible. <laughs> Go on, carry on. So this is, is this the new name for yeah. usability of the week, whatever we No one cares it? what it's called. Right, Just okay. get on with it. So I've got a gripe with Microsoft Xbox One. I thought you were saying Microsoft XP. <laughs> no. A bit late. <laughs> no, so I occasionally like to play racing games on my Xbox. Oh, hang on. Xbox One. Xbox One. The first Xbox. No. No, no, no. Not the first Xbox. <laughs> the first Xbox is Xbox. Right. And then the second Xbox was Xbox 360. Of course. They skipped They skipped the 359 versions. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the third one is called Xbox One. Of course of it course. is. Yes, right. Okay, so now we've got past the naming problem. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so occasionally I want to play... Um, play a game it's kind of infrequent sometimes i've got lots of stuff going on you know we're recording the podcast family stuff i mean why you'd have to justify it yeah anyway so i'll come to the xbox and i'll just have an hour to play i'll turn it i'll turn the xbox on 
And the first thing I'll get is, in order to play this game, we just need to download an update before you can play it. And I'll go, oh, whatever, okay? And then it says, the size of the update is 20 gigabytes. You're like, what? 20 gigabytes? What? What's going on, right? And then it will sit with a progress bar, and my internet's fairly fast, but... A lot of people don't have that great internet, no. and 20 gigabytes could take a long time to yeah. download. Yeah, I mean, not all the updates that big. That's, an, you know, probably the biggest that there's been, but um, but the been gigabyte size download that it's done. That's I, an update. I know what you mean. I um, had a game I had a game on PlayStation, which is the LEGO Dimensions. Occasionally, mm-hmm. that'll download gigs and gigs of new game data. Yeah. Just before you can play it, which is quite frustrating. Yeah, the frustrating thing for me is because I'm an infrequent player, what happens is quite often I will get just an hour or so, go to the console, it says says I need an update, and then you have to either sit there or go away and do something, right? And by the time it's completed its update my window for playing that game has gone, right? Yeah. So so I then have to leave it, okay? And then I come back in another few weeks, turn the console on, and it says, we just need to do an update. And so you end up in this cycle of every time you try and play it, it needing an update. That's really and annoying. The, the most annoying thing for me is that, like most modern electronic devices, computers, it doesn't ever properly turn off, okay? When you press the off button, it goes into like a standby state. Yeah. So what I want to know is, why is it not checking for updates in the middle of the night when I'm never using it? Right. Applying those updates automatically why can i not say okay i just consent to all updates ever right i don't you know as long as there's nothing you need extra permission for or you're not going to do anything sketch just update automatically right? yeah why isn't it that i turn it on and it goes great news last night there was a 20 gig update i've applied it for you off you go and play the game right why isn't why doesn't it do that yeah why is it maybe there's an option that i'm not aware of i could be making a complete fool of myself here and um someone's going to tweet us and say oh duh if you go into the settings there's a which my response to that is, why isn't that the default? Or why hasn't it prompted me to, yeah. uh, if, if that is an option, uh, why hasn't it prompted me to enable it? It's so frustrating. Why isn't it Why isn't it overnight automatic? At least it could, even if it needs permission, it could download and cache the update overnight. And then all it's got to do when I click OK is apply it. That's yeah. better than nothing. Is this a Microsoft thing? Because I remember when I had a Windows PC, it would start downloading updates, sometimes automatically overnight, and then restart the computer, which if I'd left some work unsaved and open would be really annoying. Oh, it could... that was annoying. What, was that on XP? Or... I think it was XP. Yeah, I remember that. You'd Especially because we both work in the web, I, I had the same problem you'd leave your graphics package open or your editor open at a specific point and you'd think it's okay I'm gonna go you know leave that I'll come back tomorrow it'll all be fine and then you'd come back and all you would see in the morning was your desktop and a little bubble that says great we've installed all these updates for you automatically and and it would have just forced shut down your machine and lost everything yeah so if you've got something like Photoshop open which as far as I know doesn't autosave it probably didn't back then even if it doesn't it would just lose everything that you had open so annoying yeah and that's why I don't use Windows. <laughs> <laughs> Such a Linux snob. Okay, we are near the end of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this, there is plenty more. In the last episode, we talked about the history of computer user interfaces uh, and a thrilling story by Andy trying to use a parking machine. <laughs> it's a classic. If you've seen or used something unusable recently, we want to hear about it. We do. Yeah. We honestly do. Because it's just funny to talk about. Uh, you can email us at podcast at theunusable.com and we're on Twitter at unusablepodcast and YouTube at unusablepodcast, I think. I think so. Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and also YouTube because I just like YouTube. And uh, that's it. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.